Hey everybody, welcome to church today. We're going to do church a little different today. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. It's good to be in the house today and we really absolutely love it when there are friends in the room and God is doing something phenomenal. There was such a deposit uh, of something new that God was doing in our lives today during worship and I really believe uh, that in this, the next few episodes or sermons that you would hear, uh, what is being deposited here will begin to manifest in your life. And I truly believe that God is beginning something new. I really believe that we're at the cusp of something new. And in this season, I really believe that waiting upon the Lord renews your strength. And the urgency to tell me about my breakthrough is not going to be there. The urgency to tell me what the end result is, is not going to be there because we're going to love the process that God is taking us on. And the love for the process is greater than the love for the breakthrough in this season. And I really believe that God is maturing us as a church where we're not really worried about what's going to happen five years from now or two years from now. We know that everything's going to be good because it's the goodness of God that leads a man to repentance. And we are not afraid of repentance. We love repenting because it positions us to experiencing the realms and the dimensions that God is opening up for us as a church. Now, as a church, we're not focused on worrying about what people think about us in our personal lives because we consider what God thinks about us in our personal lives. And that's where the process is very important. See, God has already released the breakthrough for you. He's already released the blessing in the heavenly places. He wants to know whether you will love Him no matter what your process is. And I really believe that that season is for us now. As a church, we're going to mature into this place where we're going to really love Him in the process. You know, I love what um, Talent said the other day. You know, Israel loved the works of God. Moses loved the ways of God. And in this season, I really believe that we're at the cusp of something new. And instead of waiting for the cloud by day, the fire by night, we're waiting for Him. And we're people who, are, who love Him. His voice, His presence, His, uh, Him leading us in this season. And I truly believe that as we mature into this place, it doesn't matter what the, the outcome is of life. We love Him because He is in charge of the process. So somebody say amen. It's really good. So um, how many of you loved Pastor Neil's message last week? I'm so grateful. Yeah, I'm so grateful to God for him bringing such an awesome word. Um, he filled in uh, for me last week because I was unable to, um, uh, to preach uh, because I needed to rest. And uh, I was a bit unwell. I had a, a few, uh, since the Ironman, uh, I've been uh, doing Ironman every day. And uh, <laughs> it, uh, it, um, when the season, the weather began to change, um, I didn't do the little things that I normally do to take care of my immunity. Uh, and so my body began to tell me, you need time to rest. And so Pastor Neil recognized it and he, he asked me to do it. Uh, and I honored his um, direction and he took the word. And I'm so grateful uh, that he did because sometimes when you rest, you get to uh, think about life. You think about where am I going? What is, what is happening in life? I hope you do that. I hope you have some time where you can stop and, and just sit down and say, what is going on in my life? Where am I going? What is happening? Is, is this life, is this is part that I'm on? Is this something that God is uh, 
destined for me to walk on look are, are these answers to all my questions are, is that i am on the path that god is that god has called me on uh, but i'm i'm just trying to see how much of the path am i trying to am i running too fast am i running too ahead of myself or am i at the pace that god wants me to go and so I, as i'm sitting down and watching uh, as i'm sitting down and just pondering this i'm looking at my mulberry tree in in my garden and the mulberry tree has got mulberries now which is awesome uh, and um, while i'm looking at this tree uh, i notice a bird coming and sitting on this tree uh, and uh, this bird you know normally when birds come and sit on my fruit tree eating my fruit i have a problem with that but this time i was so tired that i didn't have the energy to go and shoot the bird away so i just sat and i watched this bird eating my fruit and um while he was eating the fruit it about maybe about 5 minutes in he took off he flew away and about 20 minutes after that he came back and he brought another bird with him i'm thinking to myself this look at this guy <laughs> first and foremost he's he's ate his stomach full now he's going to bought another bird and now both of them are going to finish the fruit that's on the tree and that's when i heard god say just watch the birds and these birds began to eat the fruit and then they begin to fly around the tree they just begin to play with one another they're just like wow you know just oh they're just hey i like you you like me and you know we're a happy family and and i'm like what is happening to these two birds and then they sat down together on a branch and it looked like they were planning a nest on the tree and that's when i heard god speak to me again and he said Every tree that bears fruit will be a source of life to those who need it. And and I really believe that he began to speak to me about the church in that moment. The church of Jesus Christ is the tree of life. And that tree is it bears the fruit of the spirit, not physical fruit but spiritual fruit. And people who are in need of spiritual fruit know where to come. and they know that it's that tree that will give them sustenance and they will come to that tree and they will find their source of life in that tree but also when they find that people are not showing them away because they want fruit they will go and they'll bring their friends because they feel safe in the house and when they bring their friends people will, they will feel safe enough to be themselves in a house and that's what i really believe the church is about and so when i was thinking about that the lord began to lead me uh, into starting a new series and the and the title of this series is called mystical community okay and the title of my message today is god's family touch your neighbor and say god's family i'm a part of god's family thank you to everybody who prayed for me who knew that i was not well and sent me messages and uh said that they missed me and prayed for me i really appreciate it i am beginning to manifest perfect health amen amen so last week as christians we celebrated um you know easter and good friday and a lot of birthdays this week this month uh it's phenomenal april is a good month you have a lot of birthdays in our church uh god did a good thing he he died and then there were babies that were born in our church it's good <laughs> it's a good thing the resurrection powers resurrection life is in their veins and so it's good so last week we celebrated good friday and easter and 
I want to start talking from there because these two, these three days, you know, Friday, Saturday and Sunday are very core to the, to the Christian faith. Okay, actually, not just these three days, but the, the birth of Jesus, the conception of Jesus, his death, his burial and his resurrection are the three elements, so to say, that is, that is, that is core to our faith in God. So if you and I were to, to say, what is the difference between the Christian religion or religion in general or us as Christi Christians, um, is the fact that we believe in the mystery. The mystery doesn't make sense. Can you imagine you're talking to a person, your friend in the office or a colleague who, who has no clue about what you, what, what, what you believe and you're telling them, hey, listen, man, the good news is that, you know, God sent an angel and in the angel's mouth was a seed and he spoke to this woman called Mary who was a virgin, okay? And that seed went into that virgin and the Holy Spirit came upon that virgin and she became pregnant. <laughs> that guy's going to go, yeah, right. That's what you believe? Okay, all right. But for us, it's the core of our faith. It's central to our faith. If you don't believe in the virgin birth, my goodness, are you a Christian? Like it's a big question mark. What separates us from normal religions is this. The fact that you and I have this thing called faith in mysteries. We don't fully get it but yet we choose to believe it. Just imagine, we, we, we talk about, hey man, we believe that God, first and foremost, like this divine being, okay, who is invisible, by the way, chose to become visible and become a man. Right. Then he came through a virgin, but born just like you and me, and then he did all these cool miracle signs and wonders. Yeah, I get that stuff. Miracle signs and wonders. Even my sadhu does it. Even my yogi does it. I mean, even our priest does it. I mean, everybody does miracle signs and wonders. But then what, what is about Jesus? Then No, no. He, he lived as a man and then he took the sins of the whole world on his back. Right. Now you're going a little off. <laughs> and then what he did was he went on the cross and he took all these stripes on his back. He went on the cross and then he died as you and me. And then we quote Romans chapter 6 and 7 and 7 and 8 and all that kind of stuff. And people are like, okay, all right. Okay, I, I don't get it. And then he died and then he was buried man in this tomb. And then there was this massive stone. And then the angel came and took the stone away. And then, wow, he disappeared and the, and the disciples couldn't find him. And then he appeared suddenly. And he says, here am I in the room. And we don't struggle to believe that. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever thought about these things that I'm saying right now? Have you really thought about it? Like, does it make sense? No. Should it make sense? No. It's a mystery. What differentiates us from other religions is this thing called faith to believe God for what he says. What he says, what he does, what is done 2,000 years ago, we choose to believe it. 
that while you are in a community of people who keep on believing the same things you're believing, you're fine. But the minute you are out of that community and you become too familiar with the life that you had, you will question the very mysteries you first believed. And let me show this to you in the book of Genesis. Go to Genesis chapter 2. He says, let us make man, this is chapter 1, verses 26. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Isn't that a mystery? That's cool, isn't it? He created him. Male and female, he created them. Right, so him is the them. Okay, we believe it. We believe it, right? Right, okay, cool. Then he blessed them. He didn't bless him, he blessed them. When he created him, who became them, he blessed them. Are you, are you following me, right? Okay. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Didn't tell him told them okay you, you, you'll catch my drift slowly okay as I'm talking about this you'll catch what I'm saying be fruitful multiply fill the earth and subdue it have dominion over the fish of the sea of the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth right then God said see I've given you every herb that yields seed which is on the face of all the earth and every tree whose fruit yields seed. Man was a vegetarian when he first started. Okay? But thank God for where we are at right now. <laughs> to you it shall be for food. Also every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air and everything and every bird of the air and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life. I have given every green herb for food and it was so. And God saw that everything that he had made, and indeed it was good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So we understand through scripture that God speaks to them and says, you can eat of any fruit in the garden, except for that one tree. Don't eat of that fruit. Okay. Now, chapter two, remember what I was saying before this, okay chapter 3 it says this now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which God the Lord God had made and he said to the woman now we must understand that while God had created them only he was manifesting when God created man he created man in his image and likeness he created and then them and he blessed them but the them part was not manifesting it was only the him part okay and so we understand when we read to chapter 2 that man was lonely even though he was a them he was still lonely why because the her part wasn't manifesting yet she was a part of him but not yet manifested so he was lonely Hmm. Then God made beasts, the animals, 
for man still lonely so which means your dogs your cats cannot replace human beings in your life just want to let you know they meant to be dogs and cats amen <laughs> right so god now took the man put him to sleep pulled a rib out and created a woman out of that man right so now there's him and her there's them and now god would come in the cool of the day and he would fellowship with this them but something happened when them changed and her was by herself see the enemy did not come to her when them was with god the enemy did not come to her when she was with him the enemy came to her when she was alone see when man was alone god came to him why because it was them come on now i hope you understand what i'm saying two shall leave the family and become one flesh they will cleave together and become one flesh see that one flesh is an intimidation to the devil but there's something about god fellowshipping with them and him and her them fellowshipping with one another it had more power and more security that the enemy could not come to each one of them see in community we find something in common right that's our faith in the mysteries all of us what what we find common is christ we believe christ the mystery we believe it but there's no i in unity alone there's a you and i in unity there's common what we find common you and i together that makes community you cannot be community by yourself and so now every time you are by yourself and i am by myself and nobody is fellowshipping with god and each other guess who's waiting for you but he's just doing his job to see how far you have come from believing the mysteries of this god see when you're in community what is common causes you to become your reality but when you come out of that reality you go back into the systems the processes the the money the 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 events the the business all this kind of flesh not saying anything's wrong with it but i'll get to that part in a little bit but when you get so indulged in it the tendency to question the mysteries and believe your reality is greater you've already been tempted that's why when you're in a community even though you don't understand the word like i don't understand what this guy is saying but i'm here man 
because somehow there's this measure of faith on the inside of me that is a gift from God that I choose to believe. I choose to believe this mystery. I choose to believe that this is true. Why? Because I love this community. I have something in common because my brother and my sister are just like me. We don't get everything. Our life is not perfect, but it's being perfected. Even though I, the process is painful, but somehow I have faith and it begins to change for that. My heart begins to change when I begin to love a painful process. All right, let's go to um, 1 Peter chapter 1, please. 1 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to read this in the, in the New King James and then I'll read it in the, the NLT version, okay? So it says this, verse 3, it says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to His abundant mercy, has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now I want to read this in the NLT and it, it's absolutely beautiful. It says this, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, now we live with a great expectation. Ladies and gentlemen, the same way that a person gets born into a family, is the same way a person gets born again into a family. You don't choose <laughs> who your mom and dad was. God chose it for you. You didn't choose the church. God chose the church. You are born again into the kingdom of God, which is a family. And you, your heavenly father is your father. He is your father. He is your them. Your father and your mother. You must understand why it's important for us to understand this in community. Community is not just about what we do. It is who we are. We are God's family. God decided now Okay, I'm not going to have a family with all the angels and the beings and all of that kind of stuff. I'm going to choose human beings as my family. Just like man was lonely. I'm not saying God was lonely. Just like man was lonely, he knows the tendency of man when he is by himself that he will become lonely. You must understand, ladies and gentlemen, that when we isolate ourselves, when we when we say that this church family is not a priority, when we say the community, the kingdom of God is not a priority, we are saying that we choose to live in isolation. And when we choose to live in isolation, the enemy and all his way has his way with us. But God in his great mercy, you must understand, there were thousands of generations before Jesus who lived like that. 
God would choose a mighty man of God and he would reveal God's acts to people. But as soon as those acts were over, these people would get lost in their own ways. They would worship other idols who, who they believed because people were around them and they told them or they were occupied. And, and because they were occupied, they had to worship those gods. Otherwise, they were going to be killed. And you must understand it's tragic. Humanity was tragic before Jesus Christ. But then when Jesus came, God had a plan. God had a plan for you and me. Thank God we are born 2,000 years later. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Thank you, Jesus. That Thank you, Father, that you didn't bring us before Jesus or even during the time of Jesus. It was crazy. You know how lonely people were? The enemy had his way with humanity. But then that way ended when God had a master plan. He said, you know what? I'm going to send my son and I'm going to put him on that cross. I'm going to pay the price for these people. And then I'm going to give birth to my family. And then every single person who believes in my son, I'm going to bring him into a family so that never again will you be able to hear the voice of the enemy. Never again will you get distracted by the world. Never again will you, will you allow your heart to be stolen away. You belong to your father. It doesn't matter which church you're in. You belong to your father. It doesn't matter which denomination you're in. You belong to a father. You are in a family. That's what born again really means. We tend to create this mystical aura around being born again, but actually in its simple truth, God decided to have a family with human beings. And He chose us human beings, mere mortals to reveal how much He loves having something in common with you and me. Ladies and gentlemen, what is common between God and you is Jesus. I want to submit this to you. God chose to become like a man so that God can fully relate to you. It's a mystery, but your faith will embrace it. See, a lot of times we've been programmed to believe that I have to change for God. No, but God changed for you first. Come on, man. He changed. He became like you. He took on sinful flesh. He took on sinful flesh. He didn't expect you to become holy first. He took on sinful flesh so that He could have you. Do you know that you are so valuable? Have you placed that value on yourself first? We place a greater value on people around us than than this. You cannot love somebody else if you don't know how to love yourself. But you must understand the reason why you love yourself is because God loves you. The reason why you can love yourself is because God found you absolutely worthy to lay down His life. And now He brings us all into a group of people who are extremely lovable. (laughs) All different characters, 
all different nationalities all different castes creed different languages cannot understand can understand speaks different in all a full full circus bring it all together they're all my family the question the challenge then is do we love them the way the father loves them or do we love them based on how i want to love them because if i want if i want to show them my love they have to do something for me but that's not how god is that's not how god is god is the one who says i'll become like you see paul says it right to a roman i become a roman to a gentile i become a gentile why to win them over now you can say pastor that means i can go and do the things that my my friends are doing look you can go and hang out with your friends with one intention to bring them into your family not to become like them the price is so high the price is extremely high for you to be in the family first don't cheapen it by trying to fellowship with your past move on move on move on hang out with your friends but you move on don't hang out with your past that past is in the reason it's the past god even chooses not to remember your past so why bring it up come on god doesn't forget your past because forgetfulness is not a fruit of the spirit god chooses it's out of love but see we choose to remember our past and then we project it into our future but how about remembering your past experiences of god in you because that's what you need to project into your friends your friends need to look at you and say what family are you part of because your character your nature your abilities are not like ours i want to be a part of that family see that is really what the community is all about we're part of a we're part of a group of people that keeps growing every single week that brings in different kinds of people but we're all family we're all family that god extremely loves so much that there's a price on every person's head what is the price it's the price of god you have to become god like to over pay what god has already paid oh come on now <laughs> that's the price god became a man and died on the cross and he rose from the dead and he cleansed your past every single person in the church today is a part of a family family of people who don't have a past the only past you can only go back to the cross that's your past that's as far as you can go ladies and gentlemen you can't say well you know when i was in school i was a very naughty boy <laughs> no that was gone the day you gave your life to jesus that doesn't exist you can't say well you know i was abused as a child and well i was my mom did this and my dad did this and my uncle did this and this was my family we didn't have money we didn't have this and we you can't talk about that it is no reference point 
the only thing you can talk about if you say you're a new creation I'm a part of the church of Jesus Christ and hallelujah praise the Lord and all that kind of stuff your reference point is the moment when you were washed by the blood of Jesus that is where your life began that's what it means to be born again your sins are no more where you can say, well, pastor, you know, I have a testimony. Awesome. Praise the Lord, you have a testimony. That's really good. But don't hang around celebrating what you did in the past. You talk more about what God, Jesus, what Jesus and what your father did for you and what he's doing for you. A lot of people talk about what he did, not doing. The power is in what he's doing right now because that's the power that changes people's lives. So today I want to give you four very important reasons why community or this family is the most important group that you cannot live without. Okay? Four reasons. The first reason is that God chose the church. God chose the church to be His family. You can write it down. I want you to go to Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verses 15. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verses 15. And I'm reading it in the King, New King James and I'll, I'll read it in the New Century Version. Okay, it's beautiful. But if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God. Now, as soon as I say that, everybody's going to talk about discipline. Not what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. The pillar and ground of the truth. Now, let me read it in the New Century Version. 1 Timothy 3 verses 15. Then, even if I'm delayed, you will know how to live in the family of God. You see the difference? Even if I'm delayed, you already know how to live, how to live, how to conduct yourself, how to be around these people who embrace mysteries. How to live, you know already. You don't, you don't need a teaching for it because it's already in you, right? And then he says, you know how to live in the family of God. That family is the church of the living God the support and the foundation of truth. So Paul now is speaking to his spiritual son and he's clearly defining that the church is the family of God. So from the beginning of time, God had a plan. That plan was that each one of us were predestined to be a part of his family, the church. But the church was not born in the book of Genesis. The church was born in the book of Acts. Because the same way that Jesus Christ was conceived in Mary's womb is the same way that the church was conceived in the upper room. Right. Now, we must understand he's talking to his spiritual son and he's saying that the family is the church of the living God. The support and the foundation of truth. Which means the church of Jesus Christ, this family is your support structure. You want to you want, you wanna pursue a certain career? The family is your support structure. 
See now people thought only about fivefold ministry. No, no, no. I'm talking about when, when you're in the family of God, you can't say business is outside that family. My job is outside that family. No, no, no. My career is outside that family. No, no, no. You're a part of the family. You're a, if you were, if in India we have this thing called living in joint families. You know, it's like everybody lives in the family. So they have a business. And so now everybody is in the business in the family. And they all live in the same house. It's a mystery. <laughs> it's a mystery. Don't have to worry. Don't try to fathom it. They, you know, in America and all that, you know, the kids are sent out at 18, 19, all that kind of stuff. In India, they're, they're not sent out. They just go back to your room and study. <laughs> it's different. It's a little different. Okay. So, but you, it's a kingdom. The kingdom is one massive joint family. Your business is part of the church. Swallow it. <laughs> your career, part of the church. Why? Because you're part of the church. Become very quiet in the room. That's okay, no problem. But truth is truth. <laughs> look, the support structure. I, I, I want to, I, look, I, okay. I read a, a tweet. I know I spoke about birds, but I read a tweet by Elon Musk. And he said this, Instead of spending so much of money on baby showers, let's collect all that money that we do for baby showers. Not saying baby showers are not important, okay? This is Elon Musk, not me. But I have a valid point, okay? Uh, let's take, like, let's take, do, a, do something similar for new businesses that start in the church. Why don't we do a business shower? Right, you start a business, why doesn't the church, because your support structure, we only think that when a baby is born, people are getting married, people are getting engaged, those are worth celebrating something. But when a person takes all their savings and decides to start a business and, and, and say, hey, listen, I want to I wanna invest in this so that I can be a blessing to people, be a, a provider of jobs to, to society and, and be a blessing to the earth, we say, no, 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 it's too, too expensive, too pricey. Why? It's because that part of our heart is not surrendered to the family we create a completely different dynamic for church completely different dynamic for work and both sorry they don't who's going to pay the bills see we, we tend to say my friends in the world friends in church separate why because I am this here and I like to be this here but see, when you do that, right? God is not sitting, God's not like falling off his throne. Oh my God. He will just allow you to fellowship with that other voice for a little bit. And he'll, he'll wait for you to choose him. See, we must understand that the reason why you have life is because God had a plan for the church. Do you understand what I'm saying? But this plan didn't start at the cross. You were predestined before the foundation of the world. Which means God's plan for you to be a part of a family started even before sin existed. Even before cross was the plan. You were part, God's plan was for you to be a part of a family and you're telling me your job is keeping you out of the church? 
You're telling me your business is keeping you busy? Not your family? Look, like I presented in Genesis, keep that as a lens in your heart and in your mind. That every time you're allowing your heart to, the pendulum of your heart to move in another direction, allow what I spoke about Genesis, loneliness, being isolated as the lens to bring you back into the fold. Because your God's plan for the church is that you were part, an integral part of family. But we all go through processes and that's the beauty of being a part of a community that laughs together, hurts together, cries together and celebrates one another. That's community. But look, in this season, what was the attack the most? Pastors will say this, that the church was the attack of the enemy in this COVID season. It's not the church. The church has been resilient since the cross. There were greater attacks, there were greater persecutions than what we're going through right now. The church is not the focus of the enemy, ladies and gentlemen, because that is something that God started. You're telling me that God put the sun and moon and now the devil has a plan against the sun and the moon? No, it doesn't work like that. He doesn't have the audacity to challenge something that God started. So what is the attack against? It is your understanding of the need of the church in your life. That's what the attack is for. And in this season, you're the heart, because we're not gathering, right? We're not like, oh, we're like, oh, fellowshipping, rubbing elbows, giving high five, hugging, long hugs, storm, you know, side hugs, all different types of hugs in the family. That's absolutely fine. We stay from five o'clock in the evening till like 12 o'clock and then we go to the food court and we do family and like, ah, that for me is church. And although it is awesome and trust me, I love it and I can't wait for the moment I can hug all my people. But you must understand if there's an attack, it's on our understanding that it has been stopped. Our ability to say that is only family, which happens on once a week and then for two hours on a Tuesday. Get it? Life group, like, you know, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> we tend to like put on the, the church shoes, like hat at life group. And we say, praise the Lord. And, and then look, we do this. We listen to the message on the way to the life group. So we have the... Uh, that's our community, man. That's an exam. <laughs> right? But that's what we were saying. That's community. That's what Jesus died for. For you to listen to a message so that they don't ask you questions. A life group. <laughs> Is that what Jesus died for? You must understand that when we look at church, that this is the only way that it has to be. If it's not this way, it's not church. Trust me, I've had, we've had more people experiencing the grace of God and the glory of God while running on the beach, overcoming obstacles, overcoming challenges in the last three weeks than we have in the last five years. People, it's like when we come to church in these events, right? These events, and I, I don't have a problem with them and I'd love to have them. I don't have an issue with them. But there's something that happens when we come to church, like the old church, old way of doing church. It's like one man, one woman, one worship team. And the people watch. But it's different when that man, that woman, that worship team and that congregation 
are running on the beach together. <laughs> Can't breathe. <laughs> Can't breathe. But I'm pushing through. I'm pushing through. Pastor, come on, run. Come on, hurry up. Let's do. Let's go. Let's go. I want to do 5Ks last week. I want to do 6.5Ks. And come on, man. Like, I mean, if you're on Strava, you know what I'm talking about. Our guys are like Christopher and them running. Like, Steffi is like, oh, Pastor, I couldn't do 5Ks in my life. I did 6.5Ks this week. Where did that come from? It came from the community saying, come on, let's do it together. Family. There's something about family that heads in the direction that God is leading you in. See, we can do church sitting at a coffee shop. We can do church at at the beach. We can do church uh, in the desert having a barbecue. Wherever you are, you are the church. You're in isolation in this season. Sure, there was a season, time of isolation where we had to honor the government. But now the government is not saying you can be in isolation, you can hang out. Be the church. But don't be the old ways with limited understanding. We have to, we have to foil the plans of the enemy. And the way we foil the plans of the enemy is that he could stop one man or one woman or one worship team. But he can't stop everybody being the church. Come on now. Can't stop everyone being the church, being that family. Let's go to the book of Acts. I want to show you something awesome. So the first thing is God chose for the church to be his own family. That is amazing, man. The second thing is God chose the church to be the vessel that reveals his nature, his character, and his power. So, Acts chapter 1, we see Jesus having this discussion with his disciples and he's just about to ascend. And then he gives them an instruction. And he says, wait. Wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, this is verse 4, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Completely off topic. And Jesus answered and said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in His own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now we understand that when He gave this instruction to the disciples, He ascended into heaven and the disciples instead of going about their own ways they went together 120 of them and they started waiting for this promise in the upper room that together in one accord happened at the instruction of Jesus the disciples now all 120 of them gathered together in one accord which means they were all family And it is in this 
family, ladies and gentlemen, when they were hanging out in the upper room, doing life together, eating food together, chilling out, doing whatever, man, you know, it doesn't matter. They were not like on their knees, send me the fire, send me the... They didn't know any of that stuff. They, Jesus says, wait in Jerusalem. And so they just waited. He didn't say wait in silence. He didn't say wait and fast. He just said, wait, so we can eat. We, <laughs> you know what I mean? We can sing, we can dance. We, but, but all happens with the family. And so now, Acts chapter 2 says this, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. We, they were not holding one cord. It wasn't a Honda Accord. <laughs> they were all in one accord. They went together with the same mind, believing the same mystery. <laughs> all right. They were believing the same word. They were all in obedience. Jesus said, wait, I'm going to wait. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. You're waiting? I'm waiting too. You're waiting? Okay, I'm waiting. What are we waiting for? I don't know, but we're waiting. <laughs> it's a mystery? Yes, it's a mystery. I'm waiting. You're waiting? Good, let's wait. Are you hungry? Yes, I'm hungry. Let's eat and wait. <laughs> you see, I'm trying to bring the religion out of it. Do we send somebody outside to the grocery store or do we have stuff in the house? We have stuff in the house. Okay, let's eat. Eat and wait. But see, it is to those people who were waiting in the upper room that the Holy Spirit was sent to. It was that family of different people, different age groups, different colors, different castes, different creeds, all of them waiting together in an upper room that, the God, that God said, Now, Holy Spirit, go. And the Holy Spirit came upon them and they were filled with tongues of fire and all that awesome stuff and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So which means something happened. There was a great sound. Suddenly there was a sound that came from heaven, rushing, mighty wind and all that kind of stuff. Listen to this very carefully. It wasn't a physical wind, but the sound of a wind. That's why it's mystical. It's the sound of a mighty rushing wind. Not wind. So everybody who's waiting can hear a sound, but they can't feel the wind. That's why question marks keep coming up in the mind. But even though, they, just wait now, even though they could not understand what was happening, they continued to wait. Why? Because it's a mystery. Something mystical is happening. Something supernatural is happening right now. Even though I don't understand it, I'm going to continue to be obedient to what Jesus told me to do. You're waiting, I'm waiting. You're waiting, I'm waiting. We're all waiting together. Something is happening. And so now, this is what I want to read. Acts chapter 2 and verse 5. And says this, And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. Wow. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together. So the sound was not for the disciples. The sound was for the people. See, we think that we sing songs like let the fire fall, let the wind blow, let the glory come, all that kind of stuff. Let the, we want to speak in tongues and let the wind, let the wind blow God. Oh, and we, we wait for the wind. We were trying to hear. No, no. We're just waiting. 
we're not asked, we're not trying to tell God how he should come. We're just waiting because we're just doing family. We're just doing life together. But then God decides to do what he wants to do. Why? Because you're waiting, you're family. And so now the whole mighty rushing wind was for all these people because they started coming to the place where they were hearing the sound from. And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and they were confused. But the disciples were not. <laughs> oh, come on now. What's the difference? Faith. To believe. Mysteries. Supernatural. They were confused. And because everyone heard them speak in his own language. So which means when they came out, you know, they were speaking in tongues. Like what we think. No, no, they were not speaking that. They were speaking in the languages of the people who had come to them. They were full of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. And here we see what that utterance is. They're not speaking it. Amen, amen, hallelujah. Yes, that's okay. That's a, that's a gift. That's a, it's tongues. It's okay. It's not a problem. You should have it. It's good to have, but not here. This is taken out of context. They spoke in the language of the people who were there. That's what confused them. That's what your family can do, man. That is what your family can do. When God looks at you as a family, as a church coming together, He will take you and He will astound the people around you. But are you waiting? Or are you going? Have you lost patience? Have you, do you want to do it your way? Jesus said, wait. We wait. And now, Verse 7 says, Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are these not though these who speak, in, speak Galilean? Like, aren't these like fishermen? Aren't these like, these guys only speak this language? Like only Hindi and only Marathi and only, you know, give me another language. Zulu and, you know, give me another language. Arabic and English and, uh, is, it, uh, is it, this is the only thing that they speak, man. They don't speak my language. I'm from this tribe in this country, but I've come here because I, I, I'm, I'm a devout Jew. I've come here because I'm a devout person for God. I'm seeking God. And now this person is speaking in my language. How do they know that? It must be God. See, when God begins to move in the mysteries in a mystical way, the ones who are hungry will grab onto it. He knows who to bring to your family. See, we want a certain type. A certain color <laughs> but he will bring everybody what are you going to do about it you can't do anything just be family can't try to change them can't try to change their nationality can't try to change their past the, the present but only we can give you hope for a better future but that's the, that's the family that's the family so now I want you to go to Acts to verse 41 chapter 2 and verse 41 and I'm going to read it in NLT and it says this then 
Those who believed, I want you to circle the word believed. What Peter said were baptized, circle baptized, and added to the church that day. You see, all these people who were devout Jews didn't become Christians. They were added to a family. If you read Paul's letters, he says, I'm, uh, I'm a Jew. I hope you understand what I'm saying. God's not interested in changing your nationality or the religion you come from. God wants to bring you into a family because you chose to believe Him. We're added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. That's a really good message. All the believers, circle believers, devoted themselves, circle devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship, circle fellowship, and this is my favorite part, sharing in meals. We are really good at sharing at meals. We're really good at fellowship. But we need to come to a place where we're believers who devote ourselves to the Word of God. See, what causes us to have grow in faith is the ability to receive the Word. When I receive the message, the teachings that's coming out of the church, I devote myself to the teachings, not my interpretation of it. Because my interpretation of the teaching could have my past and my present process giving me an interpretation. But I've got to look at the Word of God based on what God is saying about my present and my future. Your past is already gone. He's talking to you about your present circumstance and leading you out of it into a glorious future. And see, that's why it's important for us to devote ourselves to the teaching. Why, why is it important for, for us to devote? Because in this church, we have a certain expression based on a certain value system that the Lord is leading us in. And that value system is expressed perfectly through the body when the Holy Spirit, that's what brings us in one accord. It's us allowing the value system of the, church, of, of the teachings that we receive, devoting ourselves to it so that we can begin to manifest it when, in, when someone from the outside begins to look in at our house. That's why it's important for us to devote ourselves. How much of the time do you spend devoting yourself, not just to scripture, but the teachings that God is giving you through this church? Because it's important. Now, I'm not saying that other people's teachings are not important. I'm just saying God placed you in this family for a reason. Because He's working on certain processes that the word in this church causes to uproot. And as he begins to uproot, now your responsibility is to repent. Repent. Not repent like, oh God, I'm a sinner. No, I had a different way of thinking about it. Now I'm going to leave that aside and I'm going to choose the way that you want me to think. See, that is faith. That is repentance by faith. I'm choosing to believe what you're saying about me in this season. And I'm choosing, I'm not, I'm not looking at man, I'm choosing at what, I'm looking at what you're saying to me in this season and based on your word and what you're revealing to us as a family, I'm going to choose family. I want to be a part of this family. 
because you're doing something to me and my best expression is revealed through this family. That's why I'm here. I'm not here to get a husband. I'm not here to get a wife. I'm not here to make money out of the church. I'm not here to build a career, but this is my family. Not just my family. This is God's family. These people around you, sitting in your life group today, people sitting in this room today, different nationalities, different expressions, but the same blood that runs in their veins is running in your veins. Just think of this, that if they are going through a process and you're not, doesn't mean that they're bad and you're right. If they're suffering, you're suffering because we're all part of the same body. If they're celebrating, you're celebrating. If you're celebrating, they're celebrating. We've got to come into that place where we shouldn't be envious of one another. We shouldn't be, we shouldn't have jealousy, bitterness, anger in the same family. We've got to understand that this is God's family. This is what he paid a price for. So, God chose to reveal his nature, character, and his power through this family. The third thing is Christ died for the church. Christ did not die for your business. <laughs> Christ did not die for your nation. Christ died for the church. If you go to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25, it says this, For husbands, this means love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. That's the basic definition of a husband. The definition of a husband is that are you giving up your life for your wife? If not, you're in the process of becoming Christ-like. Because the, the quality of Christ in a man, a husband, is the ability to lay down your life, which means it has to cost you something so that they can live. Definition, textbook definition of a husband. And that's what Christ did for you and me. He died. He is the husband of the bride, the church. He laid down his life. Listen to this now. He said, he, he gave up his life for her to make her, verse 26, to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of the word of God. You must understand the role of the husband in the family. The role of the father. Why do we give fathers honor? Why do we give dad's honor, spiritual father's honor is because of the laid down life. Why? Because that's what Christ is, does. Look, when a husband, when a father lays down, when a pastor lays down his life for the church, you must understand, you live. You're the one that benefits. You're the one that becomes clean by the preaching of the word. That's what he's saying here. 
He did this to present her. There's a presentation of a husband. The husband presents the wife, the bride to the father. It's amazing. Look at it. He did this to present her to him as a glorious church, glorious family. He died because his intention for you and I as a family is to present us to the Father as a glorious family. Father, look, this is your family. I paid a price for this family. That's what dads are meant to do. That's what husbands are meant to do. That's what leaders are meant to do. That's what people who, who um, God has called into some form of leadership in government or, or you know, why, why do we get disappointed with leaders in government when they don't do the things that we voted them to do? It's because they're not laying down their life like they said they would. But that's the definition here. He did this to present her to, make, to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle, which means my responsibility for Kelsey is to present Kelsey to God without spot or wrinkle, which means there shouldn't be a blemish in Kelsey. My responsibility is to take care of her and my kids. Dogs? No. No presentation over there. <laughs> but for Kelsey, it's my responsibility. I, as a husband, as the he, has to present them to the Father without sin, without blemish, without... I can't, I, can't, I can't accuse my wife and blame her and say mean things to her and say, God, this is your bride. I've got to... Every word that I speak over Kelsey has to be a word that cleanses her from her past. That's the role of a husband. That's the role of a father. That's the role of what we do as, as family. We've got to come into a place where we look at one another and we say, okay, I've got power right between these two years. It's not in my head, it's in my tongue. I've got to use my mouth to cleanse you. I've got to say things to you so that you are presentable to the father, which means my responsibility to you is not to judge you, but to present you. To the Father, blameless, holy. So we, so just think about this now. You, you have an opportunity now. Someone did something wrong, or someone or you thought someone did something wrong, and now you've spoken to somebody else about somebody else. You're talking about yourself. Why? Because we're part of the same body. We don't progress forward. Why? Because one is presenting with blemish, one is presenting without blemish. I hope you understand what I'm saying. The point is that Christ laid down his life for the church. How much of my life am I laying down for these people that I call family? Am I doing it at my convenience? Or am I doing it in obedience? It has to cost you something, right? laying down your life. Like Kelsey and I, I've said this often, Kelsey and I laid down one of the most brilliant plans of our future. <laughs> we could have been living it, man, living the dream. But then I'm living his dream today. Is it easy? No, it's not. 
But is it worth it? Yes. It's worth it. Why? Family. Something about family. There's something about hurting together and mending relationships together. Restoring. There's a ministry. God has given the church a ministry of reconciliation. We've been given a ministry of reconciliation. Minister reconciliation. Do we not break each other down? Reconcile. Restore. Love one another. That's the ministry He's given to us. But it all happens in a family, ladies and gentlemen. In a family. And the last one I want to say is this. Your greatest success comes from being in a church family. You can be a part of an awesome company that has an awesome job and you can see your career ahead of you. The fact that you have it is because you're in church family. Don't think you have it because you are awesome. You're awesome because you're part of a church family. Not because you qualified yourself. You're part of an awesome family that carries a blessing. Look, Jesus said this when he was talking to Peter. He says, the gates, I will build my church. It's the first time and the only time that Jesus talks about the church. And he says, upon this rock, Revelation, Petros, he says, you are Peter, Petros, small rock. And upon this rock, he's talking about Revelation, I will build my church. He, he will build his family. Your responsibility is for Christ to build you. And he says, the gates of hell will not prevail against you. He, what is he saying? He's saying, look, when you're a part of my family, it's my responsibility to take care of you and hell will not touch you. He says, hell will not come against you. In fact, all the gates of hell will open, which means your job is to be an invader. Invade the darkness. In, go into those places, not asking for prayer. Go into those places with authority, standing and allowing those gates to open. If you don't do that, wh wh where does that authority come from, ladies and gentlemen? It doesn't come because... You, you were born in a special family and, and you know, you, you, you have a silver spoon in your mouth and oh, I did not have anything in my life. And No, no, it comes because you're part of this family. This God's family. Your greatest success. Everything today, look at all the systems, the processes in the world. We say, oh, well, you know, the Illuminati and the, we have the, all these kind of different, different stuff that is, you know, theories that, that, come out and COVID is done by this and Antichrist and all that. Whatever it is, your responsibility, be a part of the family. When you're part of the family, no COVID, no Illuminati, no devil, no demon can oppose you. You understand that? Nothing can stop you. In fact, all those gates have to open when you stand before it. Why? Because Jesus said so. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against you. Nothing will prevail against you. So today, church, I want to encourage you. Don't think that you're part of a small thing. Don't think that the church is, I will do it only in my free time. Don't think that the church is something that requires your change. The fact that you have money in your pocket is because of the church that you're in. I'm bold enough to say that. Because I know that it is God who provides all our needs according to His riches and glory. Because we seek His kingdom first. That's the hard attitude. Seek His kingdom first and all these things shall be added unto you. Don't go seeking after all these things. You might get a little bit, but you can't sustain it. But when you're part of a family, 
God's family. It becomes his responsibility to take care of you. And I want to encourage you this week. God is going to take care of you. God knows your need. Get into a family. If you're not into in a life group, get into a life group because God wants to bless you. He says, all the blessings in the heavenly places has been given to you. And he talks about, next week I'm going to talk about this and, and I'm talking about the glory of the church and how the church will begin to manifest the glory of God. How God has destined the church to man, be the very vessel that manifests the glory of God. Don't miss next week, but for this week, you're part of a family. You are loved, you are cared for. This family is your support structure and it is also the place where you receive your truth. This is God's family. Bless you. Amen.